really two, two portions of scripture. Uh, they really don't have any similarity other than they're a little bit odd. Can I say that? It's just a little bit odd. And uh, I, so we'll see how far we go. But the first, uh, the first little portion here in Acts chapter 15, beginning with verse 36 and to the end of the chapter is about a, um, a feud or a sharp disagreement uh, between uh, two of God's servants. This is between Paul and Barnabas. And the disagreement is over Barnabas's cousin, John Mark. And we'll read about that. Luke, uh, you know, God's wisdom had Luke uh, chronicle this disagreement between two solid believers. I mean, Barnabas was, you know, the, the encourager. And then you have Paul, and uh, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. It is interesting. There's a couple things there that don't uh, just pop up immediately to meet the eye, but it's interesting to know kind of how that settled, uh, and we could be encouraged by that. And then the second portion, I don't know how much we'll get uh, into that uh, tonight, but um, has to do with uh, Paul and Timothy. So as a result of the sharp disagreement, Paul and Silas will team up and they will go to Syria and Cilicia and Derby and Lystra and, uh, and Barnabas will take John Mark and they will go back to Cyprus, interestingly enough, where both of them are from, which is interesting. Um, and then, uh, and then as that story unfolds, Timothy joins Paul and Silas and they're beginning this second missionary journey of Paul's and Paul insists that Timothy is circumcised. What's that about? So we'll, we'll talk about it. There is a reason for that. And, but nevertheless, uh, both of these portions of scripture cause quite a bit of stir uh, among you know students of the Bible, which many, if not all of you are, it causes questions, it causes, okay, what, what exactly was going on? But the bottom line is this, that gospel train keeps on chugging. <laughs> You know, personal disagreement or, you know, whatever. It, it's not going to stop that gospel train. Now, don't ask me what I make of the sirens going up and down and all that. I don't know what that equates to other than, you know, the alarm bells should be going off anytime we get to open the word of God and hear from the Lord. So anyway, uh, we'll begin there in 36. Uh, they have... This is on the heels of this major, we'll call it a conference. Some people call it a council, the Jerusalem Council. I call it a conference. It wasn't uh, a council in the sense that you would think of uh, one of the councils in the 
early, early church or middle ages or even later, uh, it wasn't official like this. This was the church. This was apostles, elders, and the Jerusalem church uh, deciding on whether Gentiles needed to be circumcised to follow Jesus. So there, that is in the immediate uh, background of what we're, we'll read here in 36 through 41. So let's, just, let's read this uh, portion. We'll read uh, 36 through 41, then we'll go right on over into chapter 16, which, as you know, the Bible was not written with chapter and verses. So, you know, we'll just read on like it just goes together and flows together. It does. After some days... Paul said to Barnabas, now you think about it, they had history together and it was a good, solid history. I mean, God had done a lot through this tandem, this, these two people. So Paul says to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brethren in every city in which we proclaimed the word of the Lord and see how they are. Isn't that wonderful? So, you know, that first missionary journey is concluded. There, here they are in Antioch and, and Paul, you know, let's go find out how these believers are doing. Let's revisit these cities and let's, let's find out. Let's see these folks and just see how they are. Verse 37, Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along, who had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now, we read about that. We read about the fact that they had gotten to uh, Pamphylia and John Mark decided that he was done with the mission and he left. That's what Paul is referring to. And he, based on that experience, during the early part of the first missionary journey, Paul says, we don't need John Mark. We don't need to bring him. Well, let's see how this develops. Verse 39, and there occurred such a sharp disagreement now, the, the language there is intense. This is not just a matter of, <laughs> they're both are digging their heels in here. There is a sharp disagreement that they separated from one another and Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. And he was traveling through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. Well, a uh, couple things. The, the good news out of this, and you, know, you can go to that Romans 8, 28 passage, God works all things together for the good, for those that love him and are called according to his purpose. God, you know, that gospel train's going to keep chugging. And really, you know, God 
out of this disagreement raises up two teams. You know, he has, uh, he has Barnabas and John Mark, and he's got Paul and Silas. Uh, so that's, that's some good news. The other, the other interesting uh, part of this is that Paul uh, doesn't hold grudges. We know that Paul continued to think highly of Barnabas. He writes about that over in 1 Corinthians. If I can, if I can remember the address here, I think it's chapter 9 and verse 6. Yeah, that's it. Um, he, Paul, in his letter to the Corinthians, mentions Barnabas. He says, or do only Barnabas and I not have a right to refrain from working? So this, um, this verse gives us an indication that Paul did not carry a grudge he was, you know, we don't find Paul bad-mouthing Barnabas in his letters, and I don't think he did, you know, other than that. I think they had an honest disagreement. I think it was from Paul's perspective. Uh, well, remember, he's probably, you know, talking to Barnabas and saying, well, remember that first missionary journey? We got up there to Pamphylia, and we're wanting to go forward, and John Mark's wanting to go home, and and, you know, they're dependent on him for uh, probably the essentials. They probably, he probably had a significant job to do with uh, Paul and Barnabas. And he left the mission before it was complete. And I think Paul's just saying, we don't want to go through that again. Um, you know, there was a matter of trust. Can we, can we invite him along and expect him to finish? And Barnabas has a different opinion. You know, let's, uh, let's invite him along. And I think he'll, you know, it may have gotten to the point where, okay, I know John Mark wants to try this again. So let's let him try it again. So you can see where there's, there's going to be an honest dis, uh, difference of opinion. And uh, so anyway, but we don't, we even uh, find Paul... Uh, warming up to John Mark over in Philemon. We don't go there very often, but it is a book of the Bible. Uh, he mentions um, John Mark. Paul mentions John Mark in verse 24. So you get to First uh, and Second Timothy, Titus, there it is, Philemon. Verse 24 and in order not to pick it up in the middle of a sentence, we'll begin in verse 23. Um, Epaphras, he says, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus greets you as do, there it is, Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, Luke, my fellow workers. So there we have John Mark mentioned here by Paul and evidently, uh, between this time and that time, Mark had, for lack of a better way to put it, proven himself to Paul. And I think later on, Paul even asks for John Mark to come to him. And uh, so I think it's a, this is a great lesson in, um, yeah, there can be sharp 
disagreements among Christian people, um, the, the smart thing to do is not to burn bridges in that, to continue to pray for one another and uh, to let the grace of God rule in real life, real time uh, situations that we find ourselves in. So um, those those things are what I would take from uh, that first these first few verses in this story uh, with uh, Barnabas and Paul. I think it is a difference of opinion. This is not a doctrinal thing. This is not about you know something. Uh, scriptural. This is a matter of opinion about whether John Mark would be an asset to the mission or not. There's that. And then we get to 16 and this is, uh, it's helpful to remember the background of Acts 15. Um, We can look at that just to remind ourselves a little bit about what was going on. Look at Acts 15 and chapter, uh, Acts chapter 15, verses 1 and 2. That's what I wanted to say. Um, so Luke chronicles this event. Some men came down from Judea. So they're from Jerusalem. They began teaching the brethren. Unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. So this is a, this is a, a problem. Uh, verse 2, and when Paul and Barnabas had great dissension and debate with them, that dissension and debate wasn't between Paul and Barnabas. That was between Paul and Barnabas and the people that were teaching that uh, to be, for a Gentile to be a Christian, they had to be circumcised. And uh, so the brethren determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go to Jerusalem to the apostles and elders concerning the issue and settle the issue. And as we found out through the reading of this chapter, the issue was settled. The decision was made. The Gentiles do not need to be circumcised in order to be saved. Now, they had good... uh, uh, there's good evidence for that when you read the, the account of the gospel coming to the house of Cornelius in Acts 10. The Holy Spirit was given to them, to those Gentiles, before Peter even uh, finished his sermon. Uh, and there is that evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in those Gentiles. Um, and that is, that's important to know. Um, there were some stipulations that they did agree on that, uh, you know, over there in verses 13 and following of chapter 15, some things they wanted the Gentile Christians to be aware of and to be sensitive of. Yeah, beginning there in verse 19, therefore, it is my judgment, that would be James, I believe, that's doing the speaking there, that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles. In other words, we're not going to place any demands on them in the way of keeping the Mosaic law. 
None of that. But that we write to them that they abstain from things contaminated by idols and from fornication and from what is strangled and from blood. For Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. And then we get to this. So Paul came also to Derby and Lystra. And a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was Greek. And that tells you everything you need to know. Timothy, uh, according to the Jewish custom, was considered Jewish. And he is going to accompany Paul and Silas on this mission trip. Now, what was Paul's custom when he goes to a city? It's important to know. He would go to a synagogue. He would be speaking to Jews, to Jewish people. The fact that Timothy would have been considered a Jew, him being uncircumcised, technically he would have been considered an apostate Jew. In other words, those folks wouldn't have had anything to do with him. He, would, he wouldn't have any credibility. And Paul would, instead of preaching the gospel, instead of teaching the people, would have to spend an inordinate amount of time trying to explain why Timothy, who was considered a Jew, his mom was a Jew, his father was a Greek. And he said, well, why would that be? That Well, there's evidence in ancient Jewish writings that the lower status, which that would have been the matriarch of the family, that the son or the daughter would take on that lower status. So he would be considered a Jew. So Paul is going to have Timothy circumcised. And that is going to dispel any obstacle when it comes to preaching the gospel to Jews and he will, that's just a hurdle he does not have to overcome. And he can go right on preaching the gospel. Uh, some people, some students of the Bible see compromise. They just see Paul's compromising here. And they, you know, what is he doing? And no, he's not compromising. I mean, he's, in fact, you know, you read Galatians. Go over to Galatians 5. You could read the whole book. It's all it's all good. Um, Paul says, you know, it's for freedom that Christ set us free. This is Galatians 5, 1. Uh, Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. Uh, this, this little letter is really concerning the importance of circumcision among Christians. And Paul is saying it's... It's not here nor there. Um, Galatians 2. That's, that's, the, that's the part we, we want to read. Uh, verse 11, verses 11 through 13. And Barnabas is mentioned here. Says, um, Paul is speaking or writing here. He says, but when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For prior to the coming of certain men from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. 
Now this is, uh, this is concerning uh, table etiquette. Jews and Gentiles. They're saying Peter, uh, Cephas, used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, he began to withdraw and hold himself aloof, fearing the party of the circumcision. The rest of the Jews joined him in the hypocrisy with the result that even Barnabas was carried away by their hypocrisy. So you can see early in the early uh, in the early church history, they're trying to work through this major difference and at the same time have one church, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Uh, And Paul makes it he makes it abundantly clear that circumcision is not a matter uh, of salvation. That's what I want to say on that. Uh, There was another, there's another reference that Paul really gets into this a little bit over in, uh, and we read this and we've got a little bit of time here. First Corinthians seven verses 17 and following is, it's really powerful and it is related to this uh, subject because he addresses it. He says uh, in verse 17 of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Only as the Lord has assigned to each one, as God has called each, in this manner let him walk. And so I direct in all the churches. He says, Was any man called when he was already circumcised? He is not to become uncircumcised. Has anyone been called in uncircumcision? He is not to be circumcised. And then these words, circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. But what matters is the keeping of the commandments of God. And and I would, as I read that, I would say the commandments of God for the Christian would be repent and believe and then follow him diligently to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all thy mind, thy soul, thy strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. I would sum it up that way. And then he says, each man must remain in that condition in which he was called. So it's obvious that Paul did not uh, have Timothy circumcised so that he could be saved. He was already a believer. This is for ministry among the Jewish people. And how they would think of this man whose father was a Greek, whose mother was a Jew, this one who had not at that point been circumcised. Uh, Titus comes up. Titus, Paul didn't have Titus circumcised. Why? Because he was of Greek parents. Dad was a Greek. Mom was a Greek. Circumcision has no bearing on salvation. So he, you know, remain as he is. Um, Back to uh, chapter 16 of Acts. You can see why we wanted to get through these tonight. (laughs) We don't, we don't necessarily need a series of sermons on uh, Acts 15, uh, 36 and following and on into Chapter 16, 1 through 5. Um, But it is 
uh, it is interesting and it's helpful uh, to in our understanding of salvation and then what Paul was uh, wanting to do, what he was trying to achieve among those churches that he had already uh, preached at. So, um, verse 3, Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews, there it is, who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Now, while they were passing through the cities, they were delivering the decrees which had been decided upon by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem for them to observe. And we read those a while ago. They were, they were giving the results of this uh, Jerusalem conference to the churches. So the churches, so what, the, what is the outcome? Verse 5, so the churches were being strengthened in the faith and were increasing in number daily. So regardless of the personal dispute between Paul and Barnabas, regardless of this situation with this Timothy, who would accompany Paul and Silas on this second missionary journey, God continued to work in the churches, building the people up and increasing their number daily. That's the, that Luke gives us the takeaway right there. In verse 5, Father in heaven, thank you for the time together tonight. I pray your blessing on each one. Your blessings are many, and we are recipients of your goodness. Help us, Lord, to walk with a greater awareness of your presence in our lives. Help us to honor you and the things we say and do And to you be all the glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.